It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the happiest season of all. May all your days be merry and bright. But sometimes it's not. You know, for many people, the holidays are one of the hardest, most sorrowful, sad times of the year. People who have lost loved ones through death or divorce or some other sort of broken relationship. People who have lost jobs and don't have the finances to provide the kind of Christmas to their family that they would like to. People who are in times of transition, people who are fighting sickness or disease, the holidays can be a reminder of all that they don't have. When they look around and they see the world around them rejoicing and and celebrating and merry, it can actually make the season even more lonely. It's harder because in Christmas season, everybody expects you to be happy. Everybody expects you to put on a happy face and be joyous and merry and bright. And that just leads to increased loneliness for some people who are experiencing heartache or tragedy or loss. And all of that pretending, pretending to be happy, pretending to be merry, pretending to be joyful can just add to the sorrow. And it can add to the loneliness. And you can start to wonder, is there anybody else for whom this time of the year is not the happiest season of all? And we think that we're supposed to be happy. And that makes us feel even more guilty that we're not feeling happy. And it's just a vicious cycle. For those of you for whom this time of the year may not be the happiest season of all, we want you to know that we recognize you that we see you, that we know that you're here. We know that you may be experiencing pain, you may be experiencing loneliness, and that, that's okay. That's okay if your Christmas is blue instead of white. So we wanted to take some time this service. We wanted to offer a service, a time of lament. Lament, that's probably not a word you use on a daily basis. Lament means to express sorrow. It means to express mourning or regret. Lament is to be sorrowful. It's to be sad. Sometimes I think in Christianity we believe that lament is a sign that we don't have enough faith. That if we're feeling sad, that if we're feeling sorrowful, that if we're feeling regret, that it means that we're just not trusting enough. And we feel like a lot of times, especially in Christianity, that we have to put on a happy face. That we have to pretend like everything is okay. What I want to tell you this morning is that's not true. Lament has a deep and a rich tradition and history within our faith. Lament is a major theme in the book of Psalms. Somewhere between one-third and one-half of the Psalms are Psalms of Lament, where the psalmist writes and cries out to God about the the sorrow and the pain and and the, the tragedy that they may be experiencing at that time. And you may not know this, you may know this, but the Psalms, their their function is to teach us how to pray, to teach us how to express ourselves most fully to God. I want to read to you a quote um, about the Psalms and their function. 
The author states, The Psalms were intended to guide worshipers in articulating their cries of distress and their celebrations of God's goodness and power. They are meant to lead the worshipers' experience of God through times of trial and times of worship. If you've ever read through the Psalms, you know that the Psalms, uh, are, are, so many of them are expressions of sorrow, expressions of anger, expressions of exasperation, as well as expressions of praise and goodness and hallelujahs. But lament has a rich tragedy, and the Psalms are designed to teach us how we are to pray, how we are to express ourselves to God in good times as well as bad. Uh, many of us were taught growing up, I know I was taught that, that uh, we're, we're never supposed to complain, right? We're, we're always taught you should never complain, especially to God or especially about God, right? We should never complain because if you complain, that's a sign of a lack of faith that you just don't trust God enough. Somebody should have told that to whoever wrote the Psalms. If you have your Bible, I invite you to turn to Psalm 13. If you don't, I will put the text up here on the screen. We're going to work through Psalm 13, and I'm, I'm going to help you see that, that expressing yourself in times of sorrow is a very good and godly thing. Here's how the psalmist begins in Psalm 13. He says, How long, Lord? How long? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like God just doesn't see you? Like, God, do you understand what I'm going through here? How long do I have to go through this? Have you forgotten that I exist, Lord? Why, Why are you hiding your face from me? Have you ever felt this way and then felt guilty about feeling this way? Because we're, we're wrongly taught that to, to express ourselves like this is, is to demonstrate a lack of faith, not according to the Bible, which we believe that God inspired. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? The psalmist cries out to God. And then God struck him down with a lightning bolt for his lack of faith. No, that's not what happens. The next verse. How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? Some of you have felt this way before. Some of you may feel this way now. Every day it seems like it's just, you're waiting for it to get better and you're waiting for it to get better and you're waiting for it to get better and it's not getting any better and you just don't know. Is it ever going to end? Will the pain ever go away and you cry out to God? I want you to know that you can cry out to God like this. This is okay. This is good and this is godly. The expression of your feelings, God, God can handle it. God can handle your sorrow and your anger and your doubt and your frustration. He knows already. He knows what you're feeling. It's not like if you don't say it, you're hiding it from God. So let it out. Be like the psalmist and let it out. The next verse. 
How long will my enemy triumph over me? God, how long am I going to continue to lose? How long am I going to continue to be on the bottom here? We can have lots of enemies. Maybe it's a physical enemy. Maybe it's, you know, we, we, we have, you know, it's another person in our life. You know, it, it's a boss or a coworker or, you know, gosh, I mean, I just, I heard this morning there was a, a bombing uh, over in the Middle East, a, a Christian church, a Methodist church where there were four people who went in with guns and bombs, literal enemies. How long are they going to triumph over us, Scott? But maybe your enemy's not another person. Maybe it's not another human. Maybe your enemy is, is a disease, a sickness, a, 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 an infirm, infirmity that you've been wrestling for, for days or weeks or months or even years. And you say, God, how long am I going to have to fight this? How long am I going to have to deal with this pain? How long am I going to have to deal with this discomfort? Do you see, God? Do you see how miserable this is making me? How long am I going to have to fight this? Maybe your enemy is loneliness. And it seems like no matter what you try to do, you just can't fight the loneliness. How long am I going to feel like this? How long am I going to feel alone, God? How long will my enemies triumph over me? The psalmist just pours it out. And if we've been taught to believe otherwise, we sort of feel like this is sacrilegious, like this is disrespectful to God, and I want to disabuse us of that notion, that to pour our, our hearts out to God in itself is an act of worship, because it demonstrates that we trust that God can handle even our pain, that God can handle even our sorrow, that God can handle even our anger. After pouring out his heart and crying how long, he, he begins to pray, The psalmist begins to pray. He says, look on me and answer, Lord my God. And this this reads like a a demand. Look at me, God. Will you answer me, please? Do you understand what I'm going through right now? I just need to hear from you, Lord. Let me know that you see me. Give me some sort of sign. Again, for some of us, as we read this, this sounds a little demanding. You shouldn't talk to God that way. You can't make demands against God. Look at me, God. Answer me. Give me something. This is teaching us how to pray. It's okay. It's okay. Give me something. He goes on. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. It seems a little dramatic to us, but some of us have felt that way. You think, God, I don't know how much more of this I can take. I don't know how much longer I can wrestle with this. God, if you don't give me some sort of light... If you don't give me some sort of answer, if you don't give me some sort of relief, I don't know how much more of this I can take. If you're feeling that way now, we see you. And we know that you're here. And it's okay. 
it's, it's only at this point that the psalmist moves on to praise. Here's what he says next. Oops. He says, but, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. But it's important for us to recognize that this expression of trust in praise only follows after the complaint and the prayer. The praise comes after the complaint and the prayer. We can't shortcut the process. We think that if we rush straight into praise and straight into trust, that we somehow have more faith in God. But oftentimes what we're doing is we're just putting a mask over the pain. We're just shoving that pain down deep and we're putting on this facade of faith. But we don't realize that we need to give voice to our pain. We need to give voice to our sorrow. We need to give voice to our anger. We understand this in the world of grief counseling. We understand that people who are going through grief, the ones who heal the fastest and come out of grief and loss, the other side, the most whole, are the ones who are able to express their sorrow and to express their pain, who are able to shed some tears and cry out and say, it's not fair. This shouldn't have happened. Why did this happen to me? The the ones who are able to, to give voice to their pain are the ones who are able to find the most healing. And what we find in the world of grief counseling is that the people who never do that, the ones who shove it down deep and never allow themselves to express their pain, never allow themselves to express their sorrow, never allow themselves to cry out and say, How long, Lord? Are the ones who never really adapt and recover and find true healing. The Psalms are to teach us how to pray. So I want you to know that it's okay. It's okay to cry out. It's okay to share your frustration. It's okay to to share your anger. God can handle it. You don't need to be afraid of offending God. He already knows how you feel. And when you cry out to Him, you demonstrate your trust that He can handle it. I have an almost two-year-old daughter. I'm thankful that she feels free enough to cry out to me when things aren't right. I'm glad that she trusts me enough to express herself when she's hurting. I would be concerned if she didn't. Once we give voice to our pain, once we give voice to our frustration and our sorrow and our anger, It allows us then to express praise. But in the midst of it, I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. But we can't get to praise 
until we move through the stages of sorrow and grief. So for those of you who may be experiencing a blue Christmas, for for those of you for whom this may not be the, the most wonderful time of the year, there's something I want you to know about Christmas. And that's that Christmas is about Emmanuel. Christmas is about God with us. Not just in our praise, not just when things are good and when days are merry and bright, but God with us when things suck. You're not supposed to say that in church. But they do. Sometimes they do, and you need to be able to say that so that you can move on. Christmas is about God with us, where we are, here and now. You don't need to be merry and bright and joyous to enter into the presence of God, for God to be with you. God is with you in your pain. John chapter 1, verse 14 John tells us that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, that the Son of God entered into humanity in all of its fullness, that he, the, the, the Word he uses, he pitched his tent and he dwelt among us. And he experienced the fullness of humanity. Here's what the writer of Hebrews has to say. He said, talking about Jesus, he says, He had to be made like them. Fully human in every way in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God. The Son of God had to be made like them. Fully human in every way. That that means that he experienced what it means to be human. He experienced the full range of, of loss and sorrow and grief and anger. Uh, A couple chapters later, in Hebrews chapter 4, this is what the, the writer says. He says, because, talking about Jesus again, because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to suffer those who are, he's able to help those who are being tempted. Because Jesus suffered, he's able to help those who are being tempted. He goes on to say, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven... Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Well, why can we hold firmly to the faith we profess? Because we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But, the writer says, we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. In other words, Jesus, our Savior, is somebody who experienced... Every sorrow imaginable. Jesus experienced abandonment. He experienced betrayal. He experienced the death of loved ones. He experienced what it was like to to not have enough at times. He experienced sorrow and anger. And because he experienced those things, because he came and dwelt among us, he can empathize with us in our weakness. This is one of the things I believe that makes Christianity so unique is that when we suffer... We know that we don't suffer alone. We know that we have a Savior who has been through what we've been through, and He knows how we feel. We like to say that to other people, like, I know how you feel, right? When sometimes we don't, but but somebody does. But somebody does. Jesus knows how you feel. And Christmas is about the fact that Jesus entered into life with So if you're suffering, you're never suffering alone. 
If you're suffering, you're never suffering alone because we have a high priest. One who is able to empathize with us in our sorrow. Who's able to empathize with us in our anger. Who's able to empathize with us in whatever it is that we may be experiencing. Christmas is about Emmanuel. God with us. He knows how you feel. And he's with you. Here's what the writer of Hebrews says. Let us then, then meaning knowing that we have a high priest who can sympathize with how we feel, knowing that we have a God who understands the depth of our sorrow, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. That's confidence even in our grief. Confidence even in our sorrow. Confidence even in our brokenheartedness. Because we have a high priest who is able to empathize with all of our feelings. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. If Christmas is about God with us, if we have a high priest who knows how we feel, who has been through the kind of sorrow that we're experiencing, then we don't need to hold back. We can pour ourselves out in front of him with confidence, knowing that there's nothing that we can say that could ever shock God. Because the one that he sent into the world to be our savior has been there. And he's felt it. So what I want to leave you with in in light of all this is, is number one, don't be afraid to feel. Don't be afraid to express your sorrow and your frustration to God. Don't be afraid to pour yourself out completely and say, how long, Lord? Give me something here, God. I need to see something. And let that be your expression of trust that you believe that God can handle it. But next, I want you to leave knowing this. God sees you. God sees you. You may think that you're all alone. You may think that there's nobody else who, 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 can, who can understand what you understand, that, that, there's, there's, that you're all alone in this little old world. God sees you. He does. It may not feel like it. It may not seem like it. It may seem like he's turned his face away. He hasn't. He sees you. And he's with you. It may not feel like it. You may not see it. You may not sense it right now. But God is with you. And God cares. And he demonstrated his care for us in this way that he sent his son into the world. To experience humanity. To suffer with us. So that he's able to help us and carry us through. But not only that, if this time of year is a time of year that isn't the happiest season of all for you, we want you to know that we see you. And we're with you. And we care. And if you need help, I I, I want you to to, to be able to say, I need help. Help me here. I I need somebody to sit with me. I need somebody to, to, to cry with me. I need somebody to just... Be with me. That's what we're here for. God sees you. 
God is with you and God cares. But not only that, we see you and we're with you and we care. And Jesus is with us. That's right. So what we're going to do now, I'm going to say a word of prayer and we're going to have a few minutes here to to have a, a candle lighting ceremony. We've got candles up here at the front. Uh, after I pray, we're, we'll, have, we'll play some music during this time. Um, and then if, if there's anything that you're going through, if, if this isn't the joyous, happy season that you think that it should be, I want you to come up and feel free to light a candle. And, and the candle represents you are, are expressing yourself to God. It may be you might be lighting a candle for a loved one, who isn't here with you this Christmas season. You may light a candle for a broken or a lost relationship or friendship. You might light a candle for a lost job, for a disease, for a sickness, for anything that might be going on. Come up here and and light a candle. Let this be the expression of your heart to God. And as you you watch the candle burn, I want you to understand that, that, that God sees you. And he's with you, and he cares. And, and after you light a candle, or if you don't want to light a candle, Jenny and I are going to be up front. We're going to be on either side of the altar here. If you, if you have something that you need prayer for, come ask for prayer, and we'd be happy to pray with you, let you know that we're here with you, and we want to walk with you through this. So we'll, we'll spend a few minutes doing this. Uh, we'll light these candles. I just want you to take your time. We've got plenty of time if you want to light a candle. And once we're done... Um, Mandy and Austin are going to come back up and they're going to lead us in, in one final song. But don't, don't hurry this. Don't rush this. I want you to uh, give yourself time to feel what, you're, what you feel uh, in, in whatever way works for you. Whether that's lighting a candle, whether that's prayer, whether that's just sitting and listening to music, whether you need to sit in your seat and cry, and that's okay. We want you to be able to express whatever it is you need to express during this time. Gracious God, we know that you are good and you are powerful, but we also know that there are times in this life when it just seems like you don't see us. There are times in this life when it seems like you're not there. Father, we, we, everything around us tells us that this time of the year is supposed to be merry and bright and happy and joyous, and sometimes it's not. Sometimes, God, we can feel lonely because we feel like we're the only ones who aren't happy, the only ones who aren't joyful. So, God, help us to to remove the masks. Help us to have the courage to express ourselves to you. Help us to have the trust knowing that you are our loving Heavenly Father and there's nothing we can tell you that would shock you. Father, I just pray for this time that whatever, whatever burdens need to be lifted, Whatever expressions of sorrow need to be expressed, that you would be here present. Father, like the psalmist, help us to see you. Give us a little bit of light. Help us to know in some tangible way that you're here. Because we do trust you, God. And we will rejoice in your unfailing love. Because we know that even in our sorrow. Whether we feel it or not, you are present with us. Father, I pray for these things in Jesus' name. Amen.